Take two. Take, yeah, all right, take two. So for anyone listening, or I guess it doesn't even matter because the we'll, we'll always have now the forgotten first uh, first anchor Podthorn uh, podcast <laughs> that that's that's gone forever. But anyway, all right, we'll we'll start over for the jump. It sounds like Kool Aid's going to join momentarily. We want to start by just you know kind of airing out uh, in a Seinfeld in a Seinfeldian way our grievances and talk about you know where we where we uh, want the team to go and go and kind of player by player in the in the prior forgotten episode we were talking Claxton uh, I guess we'll give an abridged version Bam and I are basically kind of in agreement that you know uh, if you can liquidate Claxton and get picks for him especially given his contract, given his age, given that he's kind of been like the hot Nets player this year that everyone's been talking about. His like advanced metrics on defense are crazy, all of that stuff. Um, that basically, if you could get young guys in picks for him, you, uh, you do it. And now we got Kool-Aid in here. So this is, uh, we got our first real Podthorn uh, post, post big three era uh, going. Yeah, so Clay, just to fill you in and we'll get your take. We kind of agreed that the four most important players in terms of the evaluation process here is Claxton, Bridges, and then the two cams. Uh, we kind of went in on Claxton a little bit, and we, we, we kind of both agreed, uh, we'll, we'll get your take on it, that based on his contract, I think he's due $9 million next year, free agent after that, he, he – probably will be a hot commodity around the NBA. Um, and we both felt that they, that was a guy they could get multiple unprotected first for. We would probably use it. And, and Sam had used your analogy that, you know, kind of centers if we kind of come like the running backs of uh, the NBA, uh, you know, we would look to, to move on from him as opposed to having to re-up him down the line. So we'll kind of give you the floor because we've already kind of went over that. Hey, fellas, how y'all doing? Y'all hear me good? Yeah, we hear you. Yep, you're good. Okay. Um, okay, here's – I y'all know how I feel. Like I, like I said, I called centers the running back of basketball. Um, so here's the thing. His game right now is well, – what would you say he's worth right now? With 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 – with nothing else added to his game, no free throws, no nothing. I think he's still about a ten million dollar, ten million dollar person. Yeah, now, but I, I think he'll get paid a lot more than that. Yeah, and so for me, I can't see giving him fifteen million dollars, asking him to be the anchor of my defense, and he hasn't shown the mental part of that yet. Yeah, he's shown the physical because sometimes he's still trying to prove himself. And that's why he does them switches. It, it to me, he's if look at how Doc Rivers used DeAndre Jordan when he made him the anchor, right? He still had his athleticism and he carried that team. Clax is not doing that part. He still leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive end. I know people are getting caught up in, you know, the block shots. And just because you lead the lead in block shots doesn't necessarily adequate to win. Um, to me, at this point, like now that the trade is over, Clack should be averaging more points and, and, and more rebounds. For whatever reason, he's not. So I would say get what you can for him. Um, you can replace him with a rookie. I'm burning the house down. <laughs> um, you could replace him with a rookie, and uh, I think that's the way they should be going in this rebuild. Because if you got your wing, sorry, sorry for the noise, people. That's okay. Um, if we'll you, make it um, work. If you got your if you got your wings, then you need your long term answer at the five in the point guard position because that's those are two positions that we have lacked to actually have something to build for the future. This is Clack's fourth year. So this would have been the first time he actually would have got paid if he was a if he was a first rounder. Right. You know, I I you know, I think with him like you could get somebody who does some of the things he does well, maybe not as well, but get a major upgrade on the offensive end. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, look, like what we were saying uh, beforehand is like the big, the two things that Clax really misses is he's he's not a massive guy, so that he can't really guard like the preeminent big time centers like you know the Embiid, Jokic, or even like a Vucevic or Valanciunas or type. And then the other thing is that he doesn't stretch the floor. But why with shooting, which is like you kind of at this point, if you want to be a really great center, you have to do one of those two things. And the best guys do both. And he does neither. Um, so that, that, that to me is what that to me is what makes him kind of uh, a piece that you should be willing to get rid of. And on top of the fact that, as you said, with the running back analogy, like you can find these guys every single year. Like it's just it's just not that it's just not that hard to uh to get that and, and there's honestly guys in the G League who I'm sure can do like 80 or 75% of what of what Clax does on a on a minimum, you know, uh on a minimum signing. But I think we wanted to so who do you guys want to do next between well, Bridges? You know, just real quick to add to Claxton, he's not a great rebounder either. He's, no, he's, he's not. He's solid. He's good, but like, you know, I, so like I would rather have him over Mitch Robinson, but I would rather a center like Mitch Robinson. Who has more of a physical presence? Hits, the, you know. I think he's, you know, he he's strong on the offensive glass. He dunks with authority, like that type of stuff. Like, Clax is really he's a he's a, a, a scrawny dude. Like he's he, and and Clay, you've been saying this forever. He sets the worst fucking screens in basketball. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I want a guy to 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 just to piggyback just for a second. Um. I want a guy who could post up. The reason why, and I know most people don't like a traditional five, and I'm not asking for a traditional. I'm asking for a guy who can just back somebody down, like get the ball in the post, and you have to pay attention to them. The reason why that helps, because I think we're stuck with JV, and if you're stuck with him for a while, if you get a guy who can get some buckets in a post, it allows our three and D guys who are not stars yet you can get cuts and stuff off of that. We need some form of easy baskets that's not mid-range shots. Right. And, you know, Clay, it doesn't have to be like 1993 where you're dumping it into the post every time. But it should be something that you could go to a few times a night yeah. when you need a basket or, you know, you're getting a little lethargic. And, and you know, I know you said this too, and it's one of the truer things. You got to get your big man involved early. You know, get him a couple easy ones, and that, that raises their – Intensity level on 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 the defensive side of the ball because you get them some early touches. Yep, that 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 will always be true, no matter no matter what what era of basketball. You Everybody likes men. to score. <laughs> Everybody yeah. wants to score. You know, and the big men do most of the dirty work. You right. might want to you might want to repay them for 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 telling you your screen's coming or this because when they stop telling you, right, you won't get popped with those picks. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, so who do you guys want to, do you guys want to touch on, I mean, Bridges to me is, is obviously the best of the remaining three guys. Do Cam Thomas. Yeah. I was going to say, let's do Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, and then we'll save Mikel for last. Yep. Okay. Any of you guys can start. So Clay, go ahead. What do you think? What's your, what's your Cam Thomas thought? Oh oh my God. Um, this young man is immensely, immensely talented. But his basketball IQ is very, very, very low. Um, I think, I think for him, and you know, like I said, people will be axing out, and people thought I was just alluding to Cam and and uh, what's his name? We just said Clack, right? And it doesn't matter. Like none of them dudes are who they need to be right now. Right. And so when you think of Cam Thomas, he's one of those players that will probably thrive on a real bad team. And even though we're in this funk and we could be considered a bad team, we won't be going forward, you know, next year. So it's either you're in a full rebuild or you let him walk. I don't I don't really see a role because he doesn't know how to play with others. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was going to go is. Cam, if there was a one-on-one contest, Cam would be very difficult to to defeat. I I don't know that he can figure out how to score within team concepts, and I'm not sure he cares to learn. 
uh, based on some of his moodiness and attitude, but I don't really know him, so I'm not going to say that that's what it is. I'm not so sure where he lies there, but he, what is he making? $2 million a year, maybe, yeah. on his rookie deal? I would not be against trading him. I don't think his value is that high, despite the 40-point games. I think, like, I don't think Thibodeau would have wanted anything to do with a guy like him. So, to me, he's a guy you just stick around, you continue to develop, use these last 20 games here to expand his role and coach him up, try to figure out can he score within the flow of an offense, get better as a passer, uh, and then maybe make a decision on him in the offseason. It's really not a dire thing because there's not a lot of money at risk here with him. Okay, now two things you said that's working against him. So coaching him up. We don't have the person for that. That means you have a system and you're teaching them how to work in a system. So the coaching up part is wrong. Not, not on your fault, just on the structure of the team. So there's no real system. So we're right back at that point again. I just think maybe, and the reason why I'm saying it like that is probably because I think he needs a fresh start. Yeah, so th- that could very well may be true. But I do um, agree with you. Like, he's, he doesn't cost anything. So you right. can wait to see what it is. But remember, next year is his third year. So I think they have to pick up his fourth-year option probably this offseason. <laughs> I would assume they'll do that, you know, at this point. I don't, I don't see any reason to let him go. And, look, he could be, you know, thrown in a trade, and, and I'd have no problem with that. But, you know, Sam, you think he has much value around the league? Yeah, I think I do think that you could get something for Cam. I mean, look, like, like he's. I mean, look, Brian Lewis kept on saying this summer, and I do trust him that they could have gone to first for him, and that was based off what he had shown last year. Now you have like obviously the now you obviously have one. He's been under contract now for one more year, but you now have you know what he's shown. Like to me, the issue is is does he get pigeonholed in a similar way to what happened with bones. And obviously bones was having like major issues with a coat, with a coaching staff way worse than anything we've heard with cam, but bones was so bad that even though he's so talented, as we know, like clay loves him that he only ended up getting traded for two seconds. So I, I think that's really the only issue is like, is like, does cam have a certain wrap around the league that's that that's gone so far. So, but I don't think that's the case. Um, I'm not trading him for second round picks. No, I wouldn't trade him for seconds. Yeah, at all. it's got to be like a, a, a you know a, a late first or like a, a trade for players where I like the return. To me, with at his salary, like I I don't care about the second round picks. No, I agree. Like at that point, at that point, you keep the guy and hope that he even gets better and 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 you play him and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I I don't like the player. I didn't like watching him in. Uh, in college, I think that I, like the guys who are these quote unquote like bucket getters, but also show no interest in defense or passing or any type of team concept are just not my cup of tea. Um, even though I think he's unbelievably talented, he also just like he, like it's one thing to also be a bucket getter and take good shots. The shots he makes, I think, are like kind of insane and terrible. Um, and, like, there is something to obviously making tough shots, but it, it, I don't know. Considering that he also doesn't like shooting uh, – doesn't like taking threes and or catch-and-shoot threes, I just think he's got a limited ceiling um, in the NBA and on top of his – on top of, like, the size being what it is. So Yeah, so he's going to either have to become a competent defender or a competent playmaker. He can't stink at both of those. And, and, and right now he does stink at both of those things offensively, like, his package is there. He can finish at the rim. He draws fouls. He has excellent body control in the mid-range. He hits some really tough plays where he'll be, like, running to his left and he floats up and puts a nice touch on it. And, and his three-point shooting has improved, yep. uh, even, even on the catch and shoot. But he, the way he plays, he can't be, like, a zero as a passer. And the zero as a defender, it's, it's it's not sustainable for him. He's gonna have to figure out a way to be competent, you know, either both or one of those. Yeah, I mean, like, 
he to me is just not like this notion that that I think that fans have, which I I mean I understand getting you know like attached to first round picks and guys that we've especially a team like the Nets who haven't had their own guys like getting attached to people, but like the idea that he's a foundational piece to me is kind of is kind of crazy, and I think that we can with a lot of these players you can kind of tell what their long term future is, and I think that we know what like what what cam's ceiling is and what most likely his like, you know, mid 50 percentile of what he becomes. Uh, and, and you know, it's one thing I'll say, and I'll, this will be my last comment on cam. He's a young kid and young people say and do stupid things, Yep. but he had a three game span where he went for 43 times. And within that span, he made a stupid remark in a, a live post game interview on TNT that, that, you know, got him fined. And then he had a really bad press conference about, like, with his mood and the role. So it's like when this kid got even just the slightest taste of spotlight and success, he, he did not handle it well. Yep. Clay, anything to add on him? I don't know if he didn't handle it well. I think it happened. Um, and now he may be a little bit more sheltered in and guarded, but – I mean, for the most part, like you said, he's a kid. So I'm yeah. not even going to hold that part. I'm not vilifying him for it, but, you know, it was just something I noticed. I mean, is he going to be the dude? Like, the only thing that I noticed, and, you know, I'm not going to look too much into it, was when we beat, what was it, the Bulls and Mikel had the 45. Right. Be happy for your teammate the same way they was happy for you. Right. Yep. That that That's one thing I'm big on, and – you know, that that's part of being a professional. But everything else I pretty much covered. I I, I just look at it and say, to me, his ceiling is like uh, Marcus Thornton. Um, right. That microwave. That, just yeah. like score, ninth ben, man, eighth man. Your top of the line is a Ben Gordon, which was the better version of Marcus Thornton. That right. undersides two guard. That's actually a great comparison. It really is. The the guy that's stuck in the point guard body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but but is it two? And they all have that same build, that muscular husky build. Right. Well, yeah, and he's also not like the other guy that I thought of was like David Wesley. And like he's but I think Wesley was actually like quicker than, than Cam yeah. is. Yeah, by far. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and also and actually earlier in his career was more of a distributor than Cam is right now. So you're, dude, you're going into the archives with David Wesley. <laughs> I thought I was the geezer. Yeah, geez, those are the archives, bro. <laughs> You'd have to cite your source on that one. <laughs> I'll give a footnote. Um, yeah. uh, all right, so uh, you guys want to move on to Cam J now, right? Yeah, why don't, why don't you start us off on Cam? Yeah, I mean, look, I, like I've been, I'm just nervous based off of you know everything involving our owner about him re-signing him. I have to think that because they traded for him, he's got to be back here. I I mean, I think Cam is really, I think he's a really impressive player. I mean, he obviously came into the league a little bit older, which is why he hasn't been here that long, but is already 26. Um, But I think he's only getting better. And I think that he, I mean, obviously he's been, you know, I mean, he was, he's basically been a six man for most of his career. And now that he has a more prominent role and he's starting to like, get comfortable in Brooklyn. He's shooting really well. And I just think with his size and his physique, and I love like listening to him after the games and whatnot. I just think he's a guy that has to, that, that really should be here. And like, even if you want to go through the approach of them, not trying to be competitive quick, you still have to have some building blocks. And he, to me is that type of guy. Okay. So oh, you want to go first? No, go ahead, Clay. go ahead, Clay. So I'll say this first. I want to touch on what you're scared about. Because I think people are not touching this and I want us to be a little bit different. So give me a second to go off the rails to come back on and it'll all wrap up. So we have to first look at the business of basketball. Right? So when you're looking at the business of basketball, right now we're a luxury tax team this year. We're 6.9 million over the luxury tax. So we can't blame Cy. I don't want to blame Cy. Because it was Mark's job to get rid of Seth. Because you didn't resign him. Yesterday was the last day to cut somebody, which was March 1st. 
so that they can be on a roster for the playoffs. To keep him on this team and his minutes and role has diminished every month he's been here. And so has his play. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and along with that. So now the, right. ba- the business of basketball, the reason why I'm alluding to this for people who are listening and may not understand it, is if you got off his contract, even if it took sending the rest of the second round picks we got from Milwaukee for Jay Crowder to send him to the Spurs or any other team, you do that if you're a good GM. The reason why is you don't want your owner paying taxes for this version of this team right now for the rest of the year. So now when you pay, now when it comes to Cam Johnson, right, because you're a repeated tax this year, next year you'll be in a, in a, in a different bracket of repeated taxes, right? Now in order to be able to pay Cam Johnson and not be in the repeater, which I think it becomes $5 for every dollar, you have to now trade Joe trade Royce O'Neal, who only has $2.5 million guaranteed of his contract. You have to get off of those contracts, probably take nothing back, but maybe a rookie deal or, or, you know, hopefully picks, and then sign Cam. So what is Cam going to make in that 18 to 25 range of you? I, I, would, think, I would think the floor for him is like 19 19- Per year, the ceiling would probably be like 22, 23. Yep. Okay. I think now, maybe, I think, I, I think maybe more. To be, I think he may get into the 25, 26. Nah, I, that, that's, that's too high for him. And the reason why I say Oof. that, he hasn't proven this play he's demonstrating right now. And who has enough money? To offer him that, I think so there are some. I think there are some bad teams that'll offer him money. I think. I think someone like the. I think the someone like the Rockets or the Spurs or the Magic. I think there's teams that will offer him money. Well, we 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 have the benefit of finding a deal before he finds his market. Um, the good thing about this is we're able to match. He also may want like a three-year deal. Thinking that he can hit free agency again at twenty nine thirty, yeah, cash in again, so he may not yeah. want the four year. But you know he's going to want to get some version of money, so yeah, you know, and he might want to be tied to Bridges because if Bridges, if he may not want to be here without his boy, you don't know. Like right now, that is my fear. So to to put it all together, I think Cam at six eight. What is he shooting? 40, 40 plus on the three-point line? 45. He's shown that he can put it on the floor. Um, and he has a good basketball IQ. I think they're going to pay him. It's You cannot not pay him and then say, well, the only thing you got for KD was Cam Bur- was, was Mikel Bridges. Yeah, so one thing, what I'll say about Cam, and, and you know, I, I'm actually going to touch on your point about the tax because you, you're – 100% correct on it. Um, I really appreciated, outside of his skill set, in the blowouts with Chicago, um, the comeback in Atlanta, and then last night's blowout, his effort level, body language, and demeanor stayed the same. He, yep. was, he was playing hard playing with purpose, was not hanging his head, encouraging teammates. And and I appreciate that. The, the Nets have had a somewhat of a morale cultural issue over the last few years. You assume that moving forward, they're going to try to correct that, right? And I think he could be a, a good standard bearer for that. Uh, you guys know when he first got here, I was like, look, I don't know about this. The more I've seen him play, the more impressed I've gotten with him. Uh, good IQ, good size, does not take bad shots, can pass, is very thoughtful in the post game with his comments about defense. So his understanding of the game and the situation is strong. He's a must sign, like you said, Clay. You know, maybe they could do, pull a sign and trade or something where they get a good return, but there's no way they could let him leave without something coming back in return. Yep. And th- there's just no way. As for the luxury tax, yeah, there's, there's the Nets to be in the repeater tax next year. The only way that can happen is if some sort of miracle happens and they land a you know a real legitimate star somehow. 
otherwise, just with getting off of Curry's money coming off the books, uh, if they did a Claxton deal, uh, like you said with Royce, that right there should basically even out whatever Cam gets. Um, and then, yeah, they'll probably have to shave some money elsewhere. I mean, I don't think Dinwiddie will be here. I think that's probably 50-50. Well, uh, if you get rid of Dinwiddie, right, I, I'm, I'm, y'all know me. I'm big on the, the, the dude Jones from Memphis. And this, is, and this is what I will use it to, and this is probably the only time you'll hear me give Knicks credit because it was a smart move and it played out very well for them. Jalen Brunson is a winner. He's a true leader floor general. He keeps the people at their in their right positions. To me, that's what Jones does. And people will say, well, he didn't get enough starts, but he started all those games last year that um Ja was injured. Yeah. No, the he's man, the, the man's one in high school. Part of the league. Yeah. The man's one in one in high school, he's one in college. I think it's time for him to lead his own. Because to me, he's a 12 and 7 point guard. He's still young to fit the time frame with the players you have here. Yeah. But you, you need a floor general. You can, We can't. Spencer is not it. Everything that we thought about Spencer, the good, bad, and the ugly, is, is rearing its face again. Yep. He, he does not set anybody up. He doesn't put Clax in good position. When he does give him a screen, he never throws the lob to him. He throws the floater looking for a foul. Spencer is like the definition of a six-man combo guard. He can can hold you down at point guard for 15 to 20 games if your starter goes out, uh, if your starter's in foul trouble. He's great energy. He's got the balls to shoot you back into a game. He's got the balls to to shoot you out of a game. And look, there's value in him, but not as the lead guard for the Nets with where they're headed. He just has no future here. Like, he's not getting another contract from us. So, I would assume he'll probably want to go somewhere else. The team will probably want to go somewhere else. I'm sure Sai's going to be looking at this. I need to get my payroll down. I'm going to have to pay this kid. Well, they, so, have, to keep DS, they have to keep DFS. You have to keep both, um, both Cam and Bridges. Those well, are, why do they have to keep DFS? He'd okay. be one of my first guys out of here. Okay, and this is the reason why I'm saying it. Right now, he has three more years on his contract. You don't have to just sell him off right right at this offseason. That's why I'm saying it. Because my, my first person I would get rid of is Royce O'Neal. That's an easier move because there's only $2.5 guaranteed. Another right. team could take him and just cut him, and, you, and, and, and that's it. But it also gives them a chance to have them in their system and see if they want to renegotiate. Um, I don't think it's beneficial. We already see what Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal didn't really fit to me. I know how I felt about him, even with Katie and Kyrie here. DF, DFS does everything he does better besides the shooting at this moment, right? Right. And and he can literally still guard the threes and the fours. Royce can only guard fours now. Yes, so look, he's he, definitely better than than him. I yeah. mean, look again. I, you have I'm to not... keep something. No, the only reason why I'm saying that is that you have to keep something. We can't just say, "Yo, everything we got in these trades, where we're going to send it out the door for picks." We still have to be competitive because after this year, next year we don't have no choice in that pick because the number one pick is the number one pick is the number two pick is the number two pick. This is the only year, like y'all alluded to in our chat, where if we don't make the playoffs, we can we can still be a lottery pick, right? And there's and there's enough talent in this roster, on I mean this draft, where if you can get a lottery pick, and plus you still got another pick that's going to be in the twenties, I'm not packaging those. You need to actually make the picks. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, it, it's funny. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll get to Bridges um, as we close out talking about – as we, like, close out talking about the other guys, but uh, like Cam. But to me, like, the roster, in my opinion, can basically be grouped into, like, three or four groups, which is basically, like, you have – to me, Ben is in his own ben, – Ben is on his own island. And then you got, like, Bridges and Cam Johnson. They're, they're, on, they're on their own. And then you basically have, like, Dinwiddie – 
Harris, Finney Smith, Royce, Seth, Patty, which are all like vets of different skill level that different teams could convince themselves that they need their their uh, their skills for one reason or another. And then if you want to have like another group, it's basically like the other guys remaining who like a lot of the many of them don't even um, get value. And then obviously, plus the two young guys, what do you do with Claxon? and and cam thomas but like to me that whole group of like finney smith dinwiddie you know curry mills harris that's like basically best deal available like see what you can get because you can probably get somebody that's close to their level through making other moves and getting guys who are kind of more on the on on the fringe and for some of them like i think dinwiddie and finney smith they actually have real value and and someone like, you know, even, and I think Royce also will have value in a trade because I think that, I think a lot of the league still values him as better than I think what he is um, at this point. And so, like, so I, I actually think we need to add Finney Smith to this conversation. Uh, yeah. Because we, I think we all kind of have different views on it. So, like, like I'm not getting rid of him. That, that would be foolish, right? I'm not just getting rid of him for, you know, a couple second rounders, but. I do think there's an opportunity for him to use him to, to number one, get to the 2024 draft, right? Moving him and Claxton can possibly get them picks in both 2024 and 2026. So you're also going to get players back. So someone like Philly, let's just say, let's say they you don't be, have to get players back. You don't have to. You don't have to. But like the, a guy like um, Finney Smith is probably going to be wanted by the more veteran teams, right? The teams that are looking at the top. So they probably won't be able to absorb him. So just, just spitballing here, not to go too far off the rails, but like a team like Philly, let's say, that's looking to get no. out of like a well, – hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. No, no in division. No, no, we don't need to trade with anybody in the division because when we attempt to be good, we have to face a team we made better. We're already doing that with Boston. All right, so taking Philly out then, right? Just a team that has player X that they want to get rid of his money, right? He's making more than a Finney Smith. That could be an opportunity for the Nets to take that player back who, who has some use for the Nets as like a stopgap veteran and get more picks back. I, I would yep. do something like that with Finney Smith. So, so I'm not really to just dump him because he is a useful player. And he's but, on a great deal. And he's on a good deal. And like Clay, you said, he doesn't have to be done now. But I would if I could. If, I, if I'm getting a good offer for him this year, he's gone. You know, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Yeah, he's also someone that the league really values. Like, the league, I mean, he's been in big games. He's, to me, like, based off what I've seen, and, and this year he wasn't great for the, the Mavs even before that. Like, he's, he's turning 30 in early, in early May, like, and he's already been in the league. I think this is like, I mean, he's around, I think, like, eight, nine years already or seven or eight years, whatever it is. And, like, he's – like, his his best years may totally be behind him. And But, but at the same time, you know, there are a lot of playoff teams that are going to try to convince themselves, like, you know, that uh, that that they that they could do something. Um, and so because of that – all right, we got Bam back. And so – cool, you cool? You still here? I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah, and so, and so because of that, like – I just think that Finney is going to be able to get real value if we if we were to try to um, if we were to try to move. I mean, look, here's what we all forget because as sports fans, we have really short memories. There's one team that wins the title, and by late April to mid May, you're going to have ten teams that are going to be unbelievably upset with the way that things went. I mean, like, I mean, what? Like, for example, one of Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee is not even making it to the conference finals. Like, you know, you know, you have like four uh, or five uh, teams in the West aren't even making it to the conference semifinals. You know what I mean? Whether that's like the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the, uh, the Nuggets, you know, like a, a bunch of the, the, the Kings, a bunch of these teams are not even making the conference semis. So it's like, you're going to have teams that are going to be desperate and are going to want to make moves, especially because, like the league is the league is really open right now. Like there aren't super teams. There are a bunch of teams that are all at a similar level. This isn't like the Warriors and the the Warriors. Oh, have... I want to I want to say something that you that, that you you're talking to my heart right now. 
The super team era is over. I truly believe if you go back to 2019 with Toronto, they had one superstar and a bunch of budding stars, right? And one because of the depth. Um, when you look at Giannis, superstar, two budding stars, they won. When you look at Golden State, it's one star, two budding stars, and, and a bunch of depth. I think that is, if, if we're, if we're going to follow any blueprint as an organization, I think it doesn't have to be two stars unless one is homegrown and he just becomes a star. But you need to have one and a whole bunch of depth and serviceable players. Right. Well, that, that model gives you, like, more sustainability to have, like, a four- or five-year run. Yeah. As opposed to, it, like, you know, and I think Dame Lillard said this the other day, and I think it kind of is kind of what happened to the Nets is he said, you know, he used Russell Westbrook as the example of, like, you know, the grass isn't always greener. You leave this place where you're established, you've been there for a while, and you go because the idea is I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to win. And then that doesn't happen right away. And then you say, well, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else to win. And then you find yourself on your fourth or fifth team. Like, there's the, the loyalty and the um, buy-in and, like, having your um, skin in the game kind of goes by the wayside there. Uh, when you just, like, pluck these guys from other places, throw them together. It's impossible to have a balanced roster. If one guy goes down, now you're like, shit, you know, we're, we're really lacking in these other spots. So I would agree, like, you'd want the one superstar, then, like, an all-star or two, and then, you know, good role players that you've drafted and developed kind of is, like, a good thing where you give yourself four- or five-year window. And that's why I think, like, for this net, this new iteration of the Nets, um, depending on the creativity – at the draft because also you can buy out players right now and they don't count into your um into this into the end of the year balance into April. So let's say they buy Curry out. You're not going to the playoffs anyway. Go get healthy. The buyout number is the number that they're gonna say the net spent, not the full amount of money. So even if he takes two million, that'll be the number. He got bought out for two million. And it. and maybe that way they could sneak under the you know, under under it. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I I, I don't know, but it's just kinda hard for me to phantom. We wanna be good and don't do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't know that Sai is too concerned with having to pay the tax for this year's bill because, based on what it was gonna look like, I think they said he saved something like a hundred million dollars in all the transactions. Yeah, but it's just it's just bad GMing, like, right? Because now you can't go back into the tax next year. Yeah, know? unless you really find something that it's worthwhile. But I, I think we kind of all agree that's going to be hard to do in, in one year. Yeah, I mean, I think the rebuild can 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 be done the correct way. I I think um, it's just more so when getting creative. That's gonna and what is it gonna cost us? Meaning the breakdown. Let's go to Mikhail, and I, I'd like to start, if I may. Yeah. If that Houston deal is on the table, they have to take that deal. You just spoke about it, Clay, that they don't have any control of their pick next year, right? It looks like Houston has a good shot at pulling in hard in the summer. They're going to have another high pick. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. They're going to have cap space. So the swaps may start coming into play. And, and for anybody listening, there was some well-sourced rumors. You know, we can't confirm them. It, it may just be, um, you know, smoke. Who knows? That Houston wanted bridges for they were going to give the Nets their picks back plus the swaps. 
I don't see how you can't do that. How you don't do that? That you deal. don't do that. You don't. I, I, so here, let me let me tell you why I would do it. My, I would be looking at it like this: him, Dinwiddie. I've already traded Claxton, right? So now I'm paying Ben and Cam on my team left that I have over. I'm I'm very close to being back to a cap space team in 2024. I don't think this is going to be a non-playing team, playoff team next year, realistically speaking. We got to get back into that draft. That that's a another lottery pick. That's picks in the future. We would have all of our picks moving forward. We would have you all have to be competitive. Why? Why do we right. have to be competitive next year? Yo, nobody. You got to also realize this when you're looking at business of basketball. So this fan base just went from three stars, two stars, most stars, right? Prices are still going up, right? So you can sell a fan base on, all right, we're rebuilding. Y'all know what happened. We're rebuilding. You can't say I'm tearing it all down again. Nah, nobody's going for that. You know what? It, it may not be good for business, but in the long run, it's a better way to me to build this team. We would now have all of our picks unprotected moving forward. We have Phoenix, four unprotected picks from Phoenix. We'd have an unprotected pick from Dallas. So what you're season. saying is in the James Harden trade, you would have gave up Claxon, Bridges. How am I giving Claxon? Well, I mean, even if you, I thought you said Claxon, but you would give up. No, 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 no. So um, Claxon would be a separate trade. Yes. But I'm just saying, in all of that you said, it's basically you gave all that up for a year of James Harden. Yeah, but that, I mean, look, that was already a failure. So I, I can't. You don't have to, to double down. It. You don't have to double down on the failure neither. So I guess this is. So, so I guess this is where I come in on this. I like. I'm probably in between the two of you, in that I don't. I don't. But, but my issue with what with what Bam is saying isn't actually that I like think that it's such a crazy idea or that they need to be competitive. I just think that that the way that teams are made and that competitive teams are made specifically is so much different than it used to be in terms of like it used to be kind of like you know you you all you do is you clear cap space and 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 when that doesn't work out you bottom out you hope for a top pick whatever. And I think we've seen that the league is just pretty fluid at this point and no one stays with teams for that long. And because of that, it means that like a lot of these rebuild projects aren't that nuts. Like when you really think about the fact that the Nets, you know, like got Durant and Kyrie and, and even for them, that rebuild took a little bit of time, but even still, it wasn't even that crazy. It took and, two years. Yeah. Like, and just, and, 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 and so I think that you do need to have, some type of talent because you don't want to be at a point where you're but, this... but guys they would have some sort of talent because well not if they're well well i mean Ben, what you're it, talking it just about, wouldn't be talking... better in talent right but, but but what you're talking about basically is is having a roster again where no one on the team is is going to be a part of the team that ends up like being competitive which is why i would personally rather see them you know probably do some type of hybrid where like to me the hardened trade is over like the hardened trade happened like the the picks and swaps was something we 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 knew was coming and if you play the hardened Kyrie KD experience a hundred times we basically got the worst case scenario of it like I would literally say we got like the 99th percentile worst case scenario when you talk about two guys getting hurt another guy like demanding out because there was a epidemic that hadn't happened in 150 years. Like it's just like, it sucks. The hardened trade happened. And I think you live with the swaps and the picks and all that stuff. But I do think that they got enough picks from Phoenix, what they got from Dallas, what they still, what they still have of their own, like the pick this year that's coming up where I think that you can kind of work on the fly and be flexible as opposed to, because look, once you make the bridges trade, then you're officially saying, we are like in the. We are like. Then you done. might as well change. You might as well trade Cam Johnson too. Right, right. At that point, you're basically well, saying I, he, he, no. Well, so my thing is, I I want to enter the 2024 offseason 
in the lottery again. I want to pick in the lottery for this year and next year. You don't have to give away your best player to get a pick in the lottery. How are those they getting in there, Clay? All you got to do is make a pick with the right team, a trade with the right team. That's, That's easier it. said than done. I, I can guarantee myself the lottery. Plus, and you're going to... and, and, and I don't and I, I don't have a year without draft picks at all anymore. That's gone. Right now, 2024, 2026, no, and 2028, I believe. No draft picks. Plus, they can swap with me for years, and that's a team on the rise. So I would just pose this. Would you rather enter 2024 with a lottery pick in cap space or enter 2024 with no cap space and no lottery pick and a team that's winning in the mid well, well, it's not an either or. They can actually go in with cap space this year. They can go. They can have cap space. They just have to do it creatively. They By the way, they could it. also, in my opinion, they could also get something close to a lottery pick or something really, really close to that for Claxton if they traded him. Yeah. Well, and that's how. And that's why how not I have both? You don't need to have both. I think you going I to the both. extreme. <laughs> I think you going to the extreme on one side instead of realizing that this team has to play kind of in the middle. That's the worst place to be in the NBA, in my opinion. Unfortunately, you're 100% right. I don't disagree with that part. But we're at that point where they have to. But I don't even think it's that bad. Sorry to cut you off, but I don't even think it's that bad to be in the middle, though, anymore. Because, like, because, like, especially, look, if there's one thing that we've learned and for whatever everybody thinks about the Nets having a terrible reputation or whatever. But, like, this is – like, this is – like, they, they play in a city that players, for one reason or another, want to go to and, and, and want to come to. And so, like, they're not OKC that has to bottom out in order to, in order to get themselves going and overpay for certain guys. They're, like – they're not the Pacers – they're not the they're not the T Wolves. They're not like a bunch of these teams that once players like get a sniff of being uncomfortable, they demand out. Like that's just not what this is. They they still are a destination. And so to me, when you're still like, look, that's basically for even though I think that they're the way they've done it is horrible, and I don't like what the Knicks are doing generally. The the idea of what the Knicks have tried to do, even though I think they've done it with the wrong players, is something that the Nets could easily do if they want to. I mean. Right. So th- that's kind of what I'm saying, though, is th- the difference is the Knicks had control of their own picks and they didn't even draft well with their lottery picks. So the, the Nets could draft in the lottery and have the cap space to try to sign to Julius Randle that gets better. They, you can still sign guys like Bridges in free agency. Those guys will hit free agency. It, I, I agree with you that like the odds of like the Durant types hitting free agency again are, are tough because. Those guys will take the money from their team and then just force their way to wherever they want to go. Anyway. Yeah, I mean that's right. That's but like it's like why, why are we gonna why are we gonna pay to be mediocre? And then all like and, and again, this is all assuming that Houston trade is real, which I honestly I have a hard time believing Houston would do that. That that would be a really short sighted deal by them, in my opinion. But you know, some pretty well sourced people have kind of confirmed to us that that was the thing. I don't. I just don't see how, like. You're giving up a ceiling by signing up for the Bridges, Claxton, uh, Johnson group. Like, there's just no way to do better. And then if a trade becomes available, you have to trade those guys to get the player you want. But then what's he playing with? No, like, I like we should be looking at 2025 as the year where we're like, all right, now we're a team that can win a playoff series. So, like, you, if we could get our pick back for next year. Use it as a year to play young players, overlook guys, see if you can find someone. We'll have two rookies on uh, in here next year. You play them. You get them experience. Okay? And then you, you add another one the following. And then you start adding veterans around those young players before you have to pay the young guys. And then you can trade Cam Johnson still as a trade. You still have a Finney Smith in, in, in the trade. You have future picks to trade. We don't even have to trade your current players. We need more. We need more cost-controlled young players with high ceilings, not guys that are only really valuable when they're on a team surrounded with the stars. That's what we have right now. So I don't want to pay all of those guys. Yeah, I think 
I think I would, I think I probably, the, the Bridges thing, I mean, I really have to think about, I think you're doing a decent job convincing me. I, I probably still lean, still lean no. And I'd rather have Bridges and Cam and then liquidate basically everybody else, including Claxton and Cam Thomas, and basically go, go basically 85% of the way of what you're talking about. Um, because I think that trades for Bridges and Cam will always be there. Um, I'll say this. The good thing is the lottery will happen before we have to make these decisions. Yeah. Maybe the gods smile upon us and we're picking in the top four. And you said, hey, we think we can get a, a rookie of the year caliber type player in here and the outlook changes. But if we want to picking like, you know, 13th or 12th or whatever it may be, I, I think giving us ourselves a crack at an elite prospect in 2024 is something they have to they have to find attractive. You know, I don't know who's so, gonna draft. I don't so with the lottery, stuff. with the lottery, right? It's a crapshoot. You're hoping with a talent that's already been proven in the NBA. You're not hoping. You know what you got. You want to build on that. You can't. You just can't take away all the talent we have, and we leave with nothing but Daron Sharpener. That team is terrible. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's not going to be fun. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not no, trying to spin not, you on fun. Yo, it's not even. Not even you. You on, on that team, you can't spin me on anything. That's just two bunch of heads that you saying yo run around. What do you think Bridges' ceiling is? Jimmy Butler. So all right. So so that so like look, if I operated under that premise, and I thought that he could do that. I would agree with you. I wouldn't make that trade. Well, the man is averaging 23 points right now here. Right. In front of our eyes. Yeah. And this is his first time getting the green light. He didn't go work out this summer saying, yo, I got the green light. He worked out this summer. How do I help um, Booker and right. um, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Chris Paul. That was his thing, being a good complimentary player. Now... He gets an off season to work on being the man. No, that's that's, that's fair. That's fair. I I just I don't know that I see like all star games for him. Okay, that that's that's fine. Remember, you know? Jimmy Butler was the last pick of the um right of, of, the, of the first round. This dude yep. was a lottery pick. He was a top ten pick for a reason. So yep. he's already giving you the defense, right? He's a nice player. To me, this isn't necessarily a knock on Bridges. No, just, I know you just want a star, but sometimes and a homegrown one. But, but sometimes you can still get that. He's just gonna play along somebody who can who can groom him and show him how to be a professional. Like this is actually a perfect landing spot for a young star in the making because now you got dudes who don't have that big name cachet. That you pick up the bad habits from, yeah, or the egos that are going yeah. to try to try yeah. to stunt your growth, either, right? Yeah. You so know, now you you yeah. come in and you work, right? And then now it's okay. It's about the team, and you're going to be able to develop within the team concept. So if you a star, you're a star. Nobody can't hide that. It'll show. Right. Well, I'll say this: like to, to me, right now, the Nets have multiple first round picks. In 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029. If they made that Houston trade, all of those picks would be unprotected. They would then, in in 2029, they'd have three unprotected first round picks. In 2028, they'd have a swap right with Phoenix. If they played this correctly, they could also have multiple first round picks in 2024, 2026, and 2028. You couple that with cap space and the Brooklyn market. Now you're talking about something that can really become sustainable where you can move five first round picks and still have a ton of ammunition left over. So no, I, that's, that's I what get I'm that part. I, I get that part. My only thing with that whole thing is more so, Yo, we got to be able to show the guys that we have right now that's here that we got to give this money to. You don't want everybody you get, as soon as they come here, they're leaving. And right now, rookies can't that's, where, that's where we at, right? That's where we at right now. You right? know, like, it's, rookies can't do that. 
I don't care if Cam Johnson's upset. If we keep him and he's upset, fuck, fuck you too. See ya. <laughs> you know? Yeah, nah, you can't, you can't one? say that when you when you talking about there's no talent to play with. You can't go from a final team to there's nobody here to play with. That's just unacceptable. So the one the one point that I think that Bam actually hasn't made, but I do think kind of supports his his vision is so if you're if you're keeping guys like Bridges and Cam, right? Then what you're basically saying is is we're going to be going star hunting because the idea of having guys, someone right now that's 18 on the roster with someone like Bridges and Cam who are 26 and 27 from a timeline perspective, just like as we've seen, the NBA doesn't usually really like work that well, especially if, especially considering that in my opinion, Bridges cannot be better than the third best player on a title team. Like he's just, I mean, unless he really becomes what Clay is talking about, like Jimmy type, I think for right now, his, his ceiling is being a third best, a really good third best guy on a, on a title squad. And from that perspective, you're basically then saying, okay, all these picks that we got from Phoenix and from Dallas and everything else we have from Philly and, and whatnot, all that stuff is going to be used for players. Because if not, then the Bridges Cam mixed with lottery picks in 24 and 26 and 28, whatever that is. Like none of those, I mean, none of those, I mean, Bridges in 2028 is going to be like, is going like to be like 30, fucking, 30 yeah, 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 it's going to be right. It's going to be like 32. Like, I don't really care about that at that point. So that's, that to me is where, it, and, and, and what makes me nervous. And this should probably be one of our like final stopping points, even though I know we haven't potted in a while is that's where the whole direction of the franchise and why I think all three of us are frustrated with marks, probably in all different ways and at different levels. But like, I'm personally nervous about, are they going to trade some of those picks for Zach Levine this summer or, uh, or, you know, like, don't you dare or, or Trey young or like whatever, whatever it is, because the direction for, for because Cy and Mark seem to want to be competitive and given that they do, I don't totally get like what, and, and, and sorry, given that they do, I don't really then get what these picks are going to be used on. if not stars, because someone like Sean Marks must know that even if he still has a job after this year, which is kind of surprising, he knows that the leash is getting shorter and shorter. And he, there's nothing to me that's more scary being a sports fan than a GM who's playing for his job, because that's when you basically have guys that make desperate moves. That's how like, you wind up with Kenny Galladay. Right. That's right. How you end up with Kenny. Oh, Galladay. That's, that's how, how you end up, up with, with Royce O'Neal. That's how you, I mean, that's how you end up. That's how you end up with, with, uh, with Gerald Wallace for the sixth pick. Like those right. are the things that happen. And so like that to me is what's, is, is what's nerve wracking because there were also, I mean, there were a lot of reports that teams like the Knicks and the Nets were kicking the can on Zach Levine. And whether that was, just to appease Durant or whatever it is. Like, I don't know, but I do think that's something that's got to be kind of uh, that. This is a long winded way of me saying that I do see where Bam is coming from in that we, we do now have kind of weird timelines because we have a bunch of players on this team, specifically even the two youngest stars who have played or stars as I'm using very liberally, but the two youngest guys who have, who have been in big playoff games and aren't 22. I mean, Bridges and, and Cam Johnson came to the NBA later and have now been in the NBA for a little while. So this isn't like getting Jason Tatum after making three Eastern Conference finals because the first one he made, he was 19. Like, this is this is not that. These are three yeah, guys who know, are more I, seasoned. I guess this is my final thought is we don't have enough good players or good enough players where if we liquidated our picks for a, a star that were, you know – a legitimate team and like we don't have enough picks to trade the players for those guys and have enough left over. But so I guess what, to Clay's, but I guess to Clay's point, which I do kind of agree with it, which is that let's say, I mean, you could, the Nets could do what other franchises have done, which is, you know, like the jazz were kind of in no man's land. And then at like pick 10 or 11, they picked Donovan Mitchell. So it's right, like, but that's harder. Like, no, you it could, is. Donovan Mitchell, a good GM, would have taken him third, right? Like, so you had the you had the opportunity. Those no, teams that's fucked true. Up. 
you know? that's true but there's always guys that drop and there's always guys that, that 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 fall i mean you look like i was thinking about how did the nuggets get to where they are and it's like you know you pick Jokic in the second round right. murray murray falls to what i think he's murray was seven or eight and Michael Porter Jr. had the whole back thing, and he fell to the end of the lottery. So not like, even that. Joker was the forty-first pick, right? But you, you know, yeah, which, which mind, will be seen as the best pick in NBA history, most likely. Relying on that, you know, you forget it. You know, I, I guess just to me, uh, and I, I see your points. Like, look, it's always risky to just beat your team down to the studs. I, I get it, because you could pick. You could be like, uh, you know, this team has been picking in the lottery forever. And they still fucking suck. You know, like the Kings are just coming out of it now. How many lottery picks have they had? Right. But I think with our market, if we can get to cap space pretty soon with a ton of picks that we could use in trades and draft, that's the highest ceiling we can put together. Your ceiling is right now. Like for everything you're saying, pay attention now. This is my last jewel I'm a drop. You just said the market, right? You just said putting to, to you have enough contracts that's expiring to get a star. Like, we, okay. we can't have like, like, like we're not, not realistically, if you looked at Washington, and I'm just using Bill just, just to use him, if you said, yo, he don't want to be there, he want to come to Brooklyn and build, he tired of being there, you literally could get almost to $50 million and still be able to rebuild. You can do that this year. You just need the right creative mind, and I'm, and that's all I'm gonna say. I yeah, just don't wait for another podcast because I do think we should discuss marks more at length. Uh, maybe that'll be our next episode: is the front office ownership and. Uh, well, his contract hasn't been announced. This is what I'm gonna say. Regardless of we think he has it or not, I can I can look at it two ways. I can say this is a man who gave his friend. Uh, out, even if it's on, even if it was him on his way out, I didn't leave you as a sitting duck, right? I also could look at it and say, why would I extend the coach without having the GM extended? Yeah, so that that doesn't make like if you extend your GM and not your coach, that's one thing, right? Because generally speaking, the GM should pick the coach, right? That's what made the whole Vaughn thing so perplexing. Is- yep. What was the rush? You already had a contract for next year. Well, the, I mean, look, if they if, if they truly, like, if, if they, and I hate to make this comparison, but if they extended Vaughn, what what they, like, with, with how, for how long they did, and I'm assuming you have to assume most of the years are guaranteed and whatnot, if they extended Vaughn the way they did without giving Mark something, then that is like, I mean, now you're talking malpractice from ownership that is really similar to what like Woody Johnson used to do with the Jets. Like that is like constantly doing this, doing this uh, circle of like the, the, what is it like the cat trying to catch its tail of like, like you, you're firing the G you're, you're firing um, the, the GM, but there's a coach that's already there. And then the new GM comes in and then he hires a new coach. And then the, and then that coach uh, gets uh, – <laughs> then you have a new coach. That one gets extended. And you basically start this carousel that never, ever, ever ends of just pure incompetence. And so I would actually have more faith, weirdly, in Cy if he gave Marks basically another year as opposed to if he gave um, – as opposed to if he fires Marks because that to me shows just utter incompetence. I mean you can't extend – you cannot extend a coach – Five years, yeah. With, think, when you're about to hire a new GM, I think it's safe to say Sean Marks will have at least another year here. Okay, now whether that's <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I think no, that no, no, I don't agree with where it either. It's I have extended Vaughn. Yeah. I think no, that's where I'm it's just headed. I'm looking at it as in forget forget whether we think it's you know supposed to happen or not. I'm looking at it saying if I'm if I'm on Marks, I'm not having another contract where I'm a lame duck for a year. He just went through that this year. Real good GMs are not taking that deal where you don't give me no job security. Now, yeah, I'll, say, I'll, I'll also say this. Reading these articles about how, um, you know, side did the Harden trade. So if that if that's even a glimmer of truth, right? Right. That, who's, that... To say, who's to say now? Side didn't say 
hire Vaughn, right? Give him yep. this extension because that's his guy for whatever reason. And if that's the truth and Marks gave him the one year with a team option for next year, it then tells me we have bigger problems than, than we're thinking because when the owners start meddling in basketball affairs, even though, you know, it's their money, it never ends right. We, Clay, we could do three hours on Joseph Sai. I, 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 I do think we should uh, – that, that should be our next episode is diving into the dynamics of the front office because there, there's a lot to unpack there for sure. Okay, no problems. You know. All right. Well, should we? Uh, I'm assuming we'll leave it there. Yeah. So, you know, I'll just say real quick. I don't know if you guys made it through the whole game last night, but the Knicks had their uh, starters in with like three minutes to go. They're certainly, you know, Mitch Robinson tweeting out he's the best center in New York today. Um, the back pages certainly enjoying that the Knicks are back on top of the New York basketball rivalry. I want the Net fans to remember this. It's still fuck the Knicks. <laughs> For sure. No, I mean, 100%. I can't. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm hoping they play the Cavs in that 4-5. Let's uh, bring it on. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be buying. I mean, Bam, me and you are, like, probably leading the Darius Garland bandwagon, so. Big Darius Garland fan, yep. So. Back to work. You guys have a good day, all right? Yep. All you right. guys, too. Later.